This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We start the, the show, I think, with a moment of confusion, maybe just between Stu and I, and a moment of real clarity at the end of the podcast. But I started with, you know, what's happening in Maui and how horrible this is and, and how people who did not listen to the government we're more likely to survive. Um, and we're, we're missing that point. And I gave an example of a, of a prescription drug ad that I just heard on the air the other day. And I thought, my gosh, listen to this. Listen to how many disclaimers the government forces. This, this drug, which has a great record, it's relatively new, but it's been tested for probably a decade. Um, and then continuing study after study after study has had all kinds of great results. Look at what, you know, your, your, your baby might turn into a dog. <laughs> uh, consult your doctor before taking it. And the, all the things that they have to put in. And then they didn't, they weren't required to do that uh, for the vaccine or the new vaccine that's coming. It's just take it. It's good for you. And if you ask what are the side effects, you're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, no, don't tell me what to do until you're living by your own rules. And that's another thing we talk about. What happened with Donald Trump? Um, this is this is a story that I think most people would say would never, ever happen. And half the country is thrilled about it. Uh, the booking of Donald Trump. The other half is not. What's the real story behind that? And a story like a river. One that you will hear at the end of the podcast that you will never, ever forget. Don't miss a second of it. Brought to you by Relief Factor. When you have pain, all you care about is getting rid of the pain. And if you have really just nagging nonstop pain, you'll try anything. But drugs and things like that that you might take as a prescription, they whack you out. And you realize that's not... That's not taking away my pain. My pain is still there. I just don't care as much. It's like, oh, my leg is on fire. Huh. I mean, that's not a good thing. Try the three-week quick start of Relief Factor. Developed by doctors, hundreds of thousands of people have ordered it. About 70% of them go on to order more. It's relieffactor.com. It reduces inflammation, but unlike ibuprofen, it hits it from four different directions. So this is something, for me at least, that works. 800 for relief 800 for relief or relieffactor.com You're listening to The Best of the Glenn Beck program So I want to pick up a story that we we spoke about on this program in 2022 so last year um, and it's a story about um, a member of of parliament um, and they quoted the Bible and 
they that's their right to quote peacefully share her deeply held beliefs but she was charged with hatred and uh they are now in europe doing everything they can to silence this this person uh and this is uh, not a radical this is just somebody who just decided to quote the bible they already went through one trial and now they're trying her again because the first trial didn't work out. I don't know how the laws work over there, but uh, hopefully, <laughs> well, I guess we have Donald Trump uh, to prove maybe otherwise. Hopefully this doesn't uh, catch on here. We have um, Kristen uh, Wagner. She's Alliance Defending Freedom's CEO and the president, and she is helping to uh, correct this problem. Can you fill us in on the things that I'm missing here? Sure. Well, it's quite a story. I think one that would shock most Americans. Pivy Rossman is a mother of five. She's a Finnish member of parliament and has been for over 25 years. She served as the chair of her party. She's been the minister of the interior in Finland. And she was just recently reelected to her post as an MP. She's also a medical doctor and a pastor's wife. Um, <laughs> so quite the combination. Yeah. Um, but Pivey has been involved in public life for over 25 years. And when her church denomination in Finland uh, said, said that they were going to be supporting and, and partnering on the gay pride parade, she sent out a tweet in 2019 objecting to that and also including a Bible verse related to it. As a result, the Finnish authorities launched a full bore investigation, a fishing expedition into all of her public statements in the past. Um, and use those statements, there were essentially three, that just simply articulate her faith to charge her with three hate crimes, which actually can include prison time, up to two years of prison time. She won. Um, we are able to serve on the legal, legal team, um, ADF International, and she won her trial. But unlike in the United States, when you win a criminal trial in Finland, the prosecutor can appeal that. And so she faces trial again next week at the Court of Appeals. So how clear was it on the last win? I mean, was it? <laughs> it was unanimous. <laughs> doesn't get any clearer than, than a unanimous ruling. Uh, and what do we know about this, this next group of judges or however the system works over there? Well, the European... Court of Human Rights is the ultimate court, but we're in the Finnish courts right now. We're optimistic that she should win. The um, The law supports her. The European Convention of Human Rights, which is, is essentially the, the law that governs European countries, Article 9 and 10 guarantees the right of our, our ability to practice our faith and to speak freely as a fundamental human right. And so the law is certainly on our side, but we're seeing European countries pass these vague hate speech laws to try to trump those laws. And then we see state governments try to use them and weaponize them when they have people saying things that they think uh, oppose the state orthodoxy. So are people, the people of Finland with her, agnostic, against her? The people are with her. I mean, she was just reelected this year. Um, wow. You know, During the, all of this. The, yes. And, and Glenn, I would just emphasize for your readers, you know, many of the constitutions and governing documents around the world 
have protections in them for our right to practice our faith and to speak freely, but they're not worth the paper they're written on if we have an apathetic citizenry. Correct. The words in our First Amendment, there are no magic words to that. It, it's about the citizens' intent to require the government to adhere to those rights. And if they don't, if we don't stand up and use the system that we were given, uh, then we lose those rights. If we just say, ah, I, that's what's so concerning to me about Donald Trump's arrest and arrest of all of these attorneys and everyone else for questioning. And, you know, we'll look at all of the facts, but it appears as though it's the questioning of uh, the uh, the election that is causing so much trouble. And if it can't get you one way, we'll get you another way. It is it is really becoming a dangerous trend. And I, I hope people begin to wake up. Uh, are, are people waking up at all in Finland on on this? I do think they are. Um, we're hopeful that they are. The fact that it's going up to the Court of Appeals is concerning and that the prosecutor even argued that Pivey shouldn't have a right to even really participate in her defense, that the Court of Appeals didn't need to hear from her what? Uh, was concerning. I, I mean, the Bible was put on trial in this case. The human right to freedom of religion is, you know, facing direct assault, even at the trial itself, as our, our attorney was there, was just stunned that the prosecutor opened by saying, this is not about the Bible, it's not about Christianity, and then began to read passages that the prosecutor disliked, questioned the defendants. It's not just Pivey, it's also a bishop um, who is on trial who helped her publish a pamphlet in 2004 on the biblical meaning of marriage. And even in that, in that instance, she's questioning the bishop's theology and his hermeneutical um, approach to the Bible. It's, it's just stunning what they are getting away with. And we're seeing, you know, other instances in Mexico, we are representing civil society leaders and former congressmen who have been convicted of um, essentially what's considered violence by speaking out against transgender ideology. And we have been representing people in the UK who are silenced outside of abortion clinics because of a thought crime. They can't even silently pray. Um, so again, I would just say this trend at ADF, we're an international organization, so we're seeing a global censorship trend and the United States is not immune to it, although we did just win a phenomenal free speech victory in 303 Creative, but we have to be vigilant. Uh, ADFlegal.org is uh, the web address, and uh, we have been uh, friends with this organization for a very long time. They do uh, the, the yeoman's work here. Uh, in protecting the Constitution and all of our rights, especially those that we disagree with, not just the ones we agree with, but the ones we disagree with. All people have a right to their self-expression um, and uh, and the Bible being labeled hate speech is a little disturbing. Should be a wake up call. Help them in this fight. ADFlegal.org. ADFlegal.org. Thank you so much, uh, Kirsten. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for all you're doing as well. You bet. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, there's um we are getting close to I, I don't know what, but uh I pray that you will pray and fast and pray for peace in our country. 
um, what happened yesterday with Donald Trump is just absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. Uh, and um, I, I just fear there are people on, on both sides of the aisle that don't have good intent. You know, there are people that are truly working against the Constitution. We know that on the left. But there are those people that are working on the right to do the same thing. And most people, this is the one thing that I liked about uh, Vivek, uh, and I hope he's, if he's not the presidential candidate, I hope he becomes a vice presidential candidate. Uh, I hope he is, uh, has a very long career because he is speaking the words that Ronald Reagan spoke to the youth at the time, like me. And that really helped me solidify my love for this country and its history. That's what we need in this country. Vivek is doing that right now uh, because it's not just going to be us. We have got to get the younger generation. And there are people that are saying the Constitution is old, outdated on the right, that it is time for, you know, uh, maybe a, a dramatic uh, change and change life in America forever and go back to, you know, pre-enlightenment kind of thinking. And it is a little terrifying to see it, but the youth will not be able to defend it if they don't have that love for America and they don't have that love for America. We have to instill that in them. Pray for the nation. Um, because uh, there are there are very powerful forces that are trying to uh, stop freedom of speech, freedom of thought. Get involved, please. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. So I'm just looking at this uh, uh, story, and you know, just like we found out when they were going after Donald Trump. And they were saying Donald Trump needs to be impeached because he had an inappropriate phone call with Ukraine. We knew because we had done our homework here that no, what they're accusing him of, they were doing. And now that is coming out. We know now that there wasn't. Uh, it was a Hillary Clinton campaign that did the Russiagate. Then it was the fear of Biden being exposed that they went after uh, Donald Trump. Now, it's because of election interference and trying to change the, uh, the will of the people and stay in power. That's what they're charging him with. They're charging him with a conspiracy to overturn a lawful election. Well... I think this is happening because, A, they are just have unbridled hatred for this man. They want him destroyed. On, a, on another level, they want to split America apart. They are trying to balkanize us and make sure that we hate each other and there's no way we'll ever talk to each other. So that's another reason for doing it. Um, but I really, truly believe because we exposed the Democratic plan run by... Oh, I can see his face. He was uh, with Hillary Clinton for a while. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll look it up and we'll share it with you. Um, we did a special or two right before the election 
on what the Democrats had done by bringing in a think tank and thinking through what happens if Trump wins, what happens if it's close, what happens if we win. Uh, And the half of it was all about the chaos they would cause on the streets, uh, what they would do to put Trump, if it was close, in a position to where he had to deal. Otherwise, they would get California and what was it, Oregon, and said those need to be broken up into four states and we want Washington, D.C. as a state. Otherwise, the chaos would continue. All of this is written down, and it is with big Big names that were openly involved in this. I pointed it out. Everybody said, but you notice all of the burning down of cities stopped after the election. You notice that it just all went away. In this documentation, it alludes to the fact that they have the players on the ground to cause the chaos. Hmm. So what are they doing? They're persecuting a man for not doing what they were doing, but actually standing up and saying, wait a minute, this isn't right. There's something wrong here and questioning. Now, his attorneys made questionable claims, et cetera, et cetera. Um, However, he's now been indicted and charged him and other associates, his, his attorneys, Rudy Giuliani, uh, Jenna Ellis, John Eastman, Sidney Powell, they're all being charged with uh, criminal intent and conspiracy to overthrow the election. Really? Never seen that before in my life. That's not what happened. Now, They also added to that list Mark Meadows and saying that Mark Meadows asking a colleague for a phone number for an official in uh, Pennsylvania is an overt action in furtherance of a conspiracy. So Mark Meadows is also being indicted and in jail or would, would have to go to jail. I mean, when does this stop? When does this become clear to the American people what exactly is going on here? By the way, the DA, Fannie Willis, her campaign director has locked Twitter after her anti-Trump posts were uh, exposed. She uh, has made many anti-Trump posts. She has an affiliation, a direct affiliation with the Biden campaign. Um I mean, is it possible that there is a political iron? Oh, by the way, something else. Um, I don't I don't know if this is a problem. But she's now been hit with a congressional investigation over the indictment because um, four days before the indictment, the Willis campaign launched a new fundraising website that highlighted her investigation into Trump. You don't do that if you're neutral. Uh, the infamous forewoman of the special grand jury that Willis convened who bragged about subpoenaing Trump. The 
allegedly accidental release of the document by Fulton County clerk showing the forthcoming criminal charges against Trump hours before the jury even finalized it. Uh, A judge disqualified Willis from targeting Georgia Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones in her investigation and Fulton County officials announced they will process Trump at the local jail just like any other criminal, including forcing him to take a mugshot and post a bond. So Jordan is raising concerns and saying there's a congressional investigation coming your way. And I say, thank you. We are never going to ever save our country if we have these mamby-pamby, wishy-washy Republicans who will not use the power of their own office. They are in line And they should be in line in defense of our Constitution and Bill of Rights. If Donald Trump and anybody else broke laws, then yes, they should go to jail or pay the punishment. However, if there's any political nonsense revolving around this, those people that are doing the prosecution should go to jail. We can't be a country that is swinging back and forth. We have to have one law for everyone. The former director of Black Voices for Trump. His name is Harrison Floyd. He was the first of the 19 Fulton County defendants to be held in jail without a bond. He's 39 years old. He showed up for jail yesterday. Fannie Willis gave uh, Donald Trump and the other 18 co-conspirators in her election interference case until noon on Friday to show up. By the way, have you ever seen a case like this? On election interference ever. I mean, we all know that electioneering is happening. We all know that, you know, there's it's dirty in many places. It's dirty, dirty. Absolutely. In Chicago, absolutely. In New York. It's dirty where you have nasty, dirty bosses that are running everything. And it wouldn't necessarily be any different for the Republicans if they were in charge of those cities. It's human nature. But out of all of the things that you've seen in your entire life, have you ever seen 19 people at this level, including Rudy Giuliani, the president of the United States, his attorneys, A former member of Congress. The White House chief of staff. Have you ever seen anything like it? Most of these people can't afford the the trial, let alone the bond. He wasn't able to negotiate the guy I was just telling you about. The uh, black voices for Trump. He wasn't able to afford and they wouldn't let him negotiate. So he's in jail. He's in jail. A hundred thousand dollar bond. The affidavit of him said that uh, he body slammed an agent who arrived at his Rockville, uh, Rockville, Maryland home 
to subpoena him to appear before a federal grand jury in Washington, D.C. So he's going to jail because he stood, according to the report, stood chest to chest with an agent after knocking him backward with his body. He's that's a conspiracy charge in furthering the conspiracy. The mugshot that is out now could be the greatest fundraiser for any presidential candidate ever, and certainly greatest legal fund uh, um, fundraiser of all time. If Donald Trump would sell those T-shirts, posters, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he could raise hundreds of millions of dollars for the legal defense, and he should, and he should. All of these people, unless I'm missing something, if they did something wrong, fine. If they were questioning what was happening, which that, as it's called, the second perfect phone call, that's the way I read that. If that's what they have, um, these people should not even be, not it, the, the people that have just done this to them, clearly need to be investigated and go to jail if they broke a law and broke severe laws that this is a reasonable punishment for then they should pay the punishment but you don't have a situation where uh, very many attorneys are willing to fight for these people because they're next on the hit list if you can start going after their attorneys you lose the ability to get a good attorney to defend you. And that's not by happenstance. That's not like, oh, gee, I didn't think of that one, Joan. They know that. He should make T-shirts for his legal defense fund. Because I think people, uh, I mean, first of all, that T-shirt will sell on they both are, sides. They are make, they, I know they're selling the T-shirts now. It's just I don't know yet where the money goes. It's you know it's always difficult to tell in these political situations. Sometimes they say, "Hey, this is going to the campaign and it's going to legal defense." You never know with this stuff, but it should go to legal defense. And honestly, like stepping back from that, the man's a multi-billionaire. Like I, I don't. This is a minimal expense for his own personal freedom. Making sure that people who are also uh, co-conspirators in a racketeering case do not. I feel comfortable in this time. You should be making them happy. Make it make their lives wonderful, as wonderful as it can be. You've got plenty of money to do this. Like, you know, there's the a million stories out there and no one's fighting pushing back against them at all that Rudy Giuliani hasn't even been paid for his work in this era. Back in 2020 2020 when he was doing all of this stuff, he hasn't even been paid for much of this for the legal work that he did in this period, let alone being paid for his actual uh, you know, or getting his legal uh, expenses covered. Now, Trump has now decided to at least go to fundraisers for Giuliani. But like, again, I understand why you don't want to spend your own money. Right. I get it. But like the man's been one of the most successful business people in, in America for 50 years. Like I, this if you've got eight billion dollars Now's the time to spend it yeah. just from a perspective of personal freedom and personal preservation. You know, it's going to be really hard to win the presidency if you're behind bars. Uh, and I, I really hope that doesn't happen because God only knows what happens to this country if it does. But like 
This is the time to spend your money. Make sure that these people are uh, have the best defense possible. So there are two people that I trust in Washington. Uh, I trust Chip Roy. I think he's an honest man. And uh, I really trust Mike Lee. Um, both of them tweeted out yesterday. I stand with Mark Meadows. Uh, Chip Roy said he's a friend and a good man. He did nothing but serve his country. And for doing so, he is facing a clearly political persecution. He is ever faithful, but we should support his defense cost more to follow. Georgia should end this attack on justice. Mm. I hope that Congress starts to use their purse strings to go after the DOJ and investigate 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 and in, and stop this madness the best of the glenn beck program granger what an honor to have you on the program sir thank you glenn thanks for having me you bet so if you can let's let's start with um for anybody who's not a country fan tell me what your life was like just a few years ago living my dream a dream that i've had for a quarter of a century uh trying to play my music play my songs travel around meet new people uh run songs up charts put out music videos and we were doing it at uh, a very high level and just felt like everything was right for me everything i ever wanted and then one night june 4th you are, you know, being with your family one last evening. You're spending it with your kids. You're headed to Nashville for the CMT Music Awards. Your daughter, London, is doing gymnastics. You're helping her. And what happens? Yeah, I remember my daughter was doing a handstand in the yard, and and she was having me spot her, and I was kind of holding her ankles, and the boys were playing water gun fight, two, two boys. And... I just remember thinking, what a beautiful evening, green grass under my feet. June, early June is beautiful in the state of Texas. And I just thought, soak in this moment because it won't last forever. I just, and I was thinking in terms of the kids are going to grow up, they're going to go to college. Right. And these, these days will be behind me. But it was, it was quiet in that moment. And I thought, where's River? He's our three-year-old boy. And I, I remember looking around and I just thought, I don't know where he is, and that's that's not good when you have a three-year-old. But yeah. we have a gated, we had a gated, locked pool, and I looked and I saw him in the pool, face down, and it just it didn't seem like it was reality. It felt like that, that this is a dream. I'm in shock. How could this be? And I, I crashed into the pool and and grabbed his little body, and I was expecting him to be coughing and. Uh, nervous and scared, and I was going to say, "Buddy, what are you? What are you doing? How did you get in the skate? You know, you're never supposed to get around here." But that's that's not what happened. He was lifeless and cold. I this is uh, we've had a friend who this has happened to, um, and they're good people, and they love their children, and they're attentive, and it happened in a blink of an eye. Pools yep. scare the hell out of me. Um, because yeah. when you have little kids, it happens and you're, you're right there and it, it happens that fast. Um, you yeah. had to have just beaten yourself up. Uh, I mean, I've, I've thought of this with my 
with you know my friend's tragedy. I, I thought if my wife were watching the kids, um, I would know that she was doing the best. But I don't know if I were watching the kids and it happened that my wife would not blame me for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? It's it's so hard. The, the games this must play in your head. That's exactly right. I've played those games over and over. Uh, but by the grace of God, my wife, not ever, not once, did she ever even let it slip to say, how dare you? What have you done to our baby? And she could have easily done it, and, and, I, and she probably would have been right, because I was the responsible adult that day. And although it happened, like you said, in a blink of an eye, and I was just paces away, uh, she, she could have easily have blamed me. She didn't. And I don't know where I would be if she had, if she had planted that seed within me of guilt. It was already, it was already hard enough with the own, my own tricks. My mind was playing on me and the gymnastics that I was doing in my head of you're guilty. You failed in the one thing that a father is supposed to do and that's keep them alive till they're 18. And so that's, that's what was going on with me. So, you, where do you go from there? I mean, how long did this, I mean, I know it's still with you, but how long did this just oppress you? Well, it took me it, it, several months of trying everything I could. Uh, I, I was a big self-helper at the time. Um, that stuff still kind of resonates with me. So I was mm -hmm. leaning into waking up early and reading more nonfiction and trying to meditate and visualize and, and read my devotionals. And, and, and I was progressively getting worse and, instead of better. I thought, how mm. can this, this is supposed to help me? And nothing was helping me. I was, I was trying everything. I was exercising. I was trying to sleep right, trying to eat right, anything to stop the slideshow from happening in my head. And, and I say that in terms of the, the memories that were just kept repeating over and over of what I could have done. Like my mind was in a loop trying to find, trying to close the loop and it couldn't. And I was going insane. This was several months, probably six or seven months um, before just absolute rock bottom hit me. And that, what was that? That was a night and I call it in the book, I called it the darkest night of the soul. And I was in Boise, Idaho. And there were times and there are times in grief when you could start feeling better. Sometimes you feel guilty that you feel better, but you say, you know what, today I kind of feel normal. And that was a day for me in December in 2019. And we were in Boise, Idaho playing a show and, and I was with the boys and the crowd was great. And, and I just thought, you know what, this is the first time I felt normal in a while. And the band said, Hey, we're going to go and have a few drinks at this little obscure bar. Let's just go reminisce some old times. So I, I went with them. I said, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Went and had some drinks. Mm. And as I was walking back out of the bar that night, I thought, huh, I'm a little tipsy. I don't think I've, I don't think I've been tipsy since the accident happened. And so then, I, then my mind started panicking and starting to prepare myself, trying to engage the things that I had learned in therapy that maybe could to shut down the, the slideshow. But by the time I got to back to the bus, I just, I, I started going into a panic thinking, how am I going to suppress all of these terrible thoughts while I'm inebriated? It's not going to work. And so I just remember 
pull, opening up the drawer and just I pulled out my pistol that's always there. And I thought, this is the way. This is the way to finally end the slideshow, to finally find rest. And this was a voice that was not my own encouraging me with this moment. So a lot of people would um, get to this point and then it ends in one of two ways. Usually Um, they put their life back together or they don't. But putting your life Hmm. back together, you put it together completely differently. So let's start now. You're looking at the gun. What happens? Yeah, I would say I might make a third category. I I didn't put my life back together. My life came back together, but it wasn't my own doing. Right, yeah. That, I, I, I was insinuating that, that there is a third way, and I've never heard it before, but yes. you're going to show us a yes. third way, yeah. Yes, so I was uh, in that moment. I had a Glock 9mm. I know that Glock very well. It has a, a, a double trigger on it, no safety. And so I know exactly where the pressure point is on that. Even in my inebriated state, I could feel as I applied pressure, okay, this is, this is it. This is the point of no return in this moment here. And it seemed like 30 minutes. It was probably five seconds of holding it there. And I thought about my two older kids, Lincoln and London. They came to my mind. And I just saw their faces and I saw my life and their life. And, and in that moment, I, I was crying and I just said, Jesus, save me. My God, Jesus, save me. And in that moment, the slideshow stopped. All the visions stopped. And I dropped the gun onto the bed and I fell down to my knees and I ended up sleeping on the floor and on my bus that night and all my show clothes. And I was a cultural Christian. I know that now. It was a heritage. It was something I grew up with. I, I knew the name of Jesus. I knew what he did on the cross. But I don't think I ever believed it. In fact, I know I didn't because I didn't trust in him first. I trusted in the self-help books and every other thing I tried. But it, it, this sent me on a new journey of, okay, if this name is powerful enough to stop the slideshow, to stop me in my darkest night in Boise, Idaho, then who is this? What is this faith? So I sent, I, I went out on a, a journey, searching, reading, listening to sermons of what happened to me that night, how I was saved that night supernaturally. And it ended up, I ended up hearing a, a sermon in my truck one day. This was March 1st, 2020, a couple months after that event. And the, the pastor was speaking out of John 14, and he said, the disciple asked Jesus, Lord, why is it you manifest yourself to us and not to the rest of the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And, and then suddenly I, just, I thought, I knew it all right then. I knew I was saved. I was loved. I was redeemed and restored. I was healed. But in return, in the overflow of that mm-hmm. gratitude, I was doing nothing. And Jesus said right here, if you love me, keep my word. That's how I know you love me. And I thought, what's his word? I don't know it. I don't know any of it. <laughs> so, so that started where I am today, just absorbing his word, reading it, cherishing it. I went home. I got rid of all the devotionals and the self-help books. And I said, here we go. It's the Bible. This is this is what saved me. And if I'm going to love him, I'm going to keep his word. I'm going to know it all. 
And that changed, absolutely changed the trajectory of my entire life. So it is, again, in the typical story, it would stop pretty much there. Okay, he got his life back. He found the Lord and he's now going out and he's he's bigger than ever before. Tomorrow is the last performance on stage by Granger Smith, known as a uh, known as a country music singer. Where are you? Where are you headed? Well, as as this unfolded and I went back into country music, like you said, and that continue to live my life the way that it used to be as now a redeemed healed man. And I started meeting people and they would say, I'm hurting. I I, I lost my wife or my, my grandmother or my child or my job or my dream. I, I need your help. Can you help me? And I began to think more and more, I don't have time to sing country music. There's not any time for that. I need to be able to speak further. I need to be able to have more time with these people. And then I started feeling like, you know what, getting on the stage and just exalting myself and building up my name and having people glorify me. That's, I'm not reconciling that with what Jesus says in the Bible about right. if anyone would follow me, let him take up his cross, deny himself. You know, I'm, I can't reconcile that. And so that, that has eventually led to what is tomorrow. The last show is a country touring musician, and I'll be moving into um, more of a, a ministry role, writing more books, Lord willing, uh, serving in our local church and getting out and speaking. Because you went back to school. And, and, and finishing up in seminary. That's correct. Uh, this is just such an awesome, awesome story. You can see now why uh, it wasn't, you know, new, it, it was it was on best-selling lists everywhere. The only one that it didn't happen is uh, the New York Times, and they're becoming much more blatant about all of this. You're about the fourth person uh, this year that I've talked to that whose book is number one everywhere, eh, except for the New York Times. It doesn't even make the list. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, I I just wish you all of the luck in the uh, world i wish you all of the blessings you have you know it's it's amazing i uh i don't have your story but uh you know i i have a story of my own and i almost feel bad for those people that don't need the redemption don't need that moment because when you get that moment it is such a miracle uh, that it just it shakes yep. you to the core, and I guess over time you could forget it. It's it's easier over time to forget it. But uh, I came to the same exact conclusion. Um, he did this, so all he's asking me is to just obey him. Okay, yeah, you know, that, I mean that's a pretty good deal when you are that it's low. A great deal. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a great deal considering that night in Boise. It's a yeah. great deal. And that's what I want to tell everybody else about. Well, um, I just want to just read this um, before you hang up. This is um, from the uh, book. I think it's actually on the cover of or the, you know, the back page of the book. Like a river, life is full of twists and turns. Like a river, people pollute our world with their critique and criticism. Like a river, tragic events keep us damned up. But like a river, we can find the courage to keep moving downstream. 
Rivers don't run on their own strength. They flow from their source. When we try to keep going on our own, we won't make it. But when we connect to the greater source, we'll find the strength and the faith to keep living after loss. This triumphant story of new life birthed out of death is like a river. And it is available wherever you get your uh, books. And Billy Bob's, I think, tomorrow, right, in Fort Worth. That's right. That's right. Uh, all the all the best, and you might see a few of us in the crowd tomorrow, Granger. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> Thank you, brother. You bet. God bless you. Na, 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 na. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 